Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. He's the reigning Fortnite champion. She's a Call of Duty legend. They are Maggie and Perloff on CBS Sports Radio. We're a show of many talents. Hey, welcome in. It's Maggie Gray, Andrew Perloff. We are the new morning show right here on CBS Sports Radio. And Perloff, when we took this job, I don't think we anticipated so much news breaking overnight that we would wake up to when we're the earliest people up that we would have this news. But it's happened a couple times and most recently this week with the Raiders deciding to fire Josh McDaniels and their general manager, Dave Ziegler, and the offensive coordinator. Clean house, basically, with the Raiders. And now they start with an interim head coach in Antonio Pierce. And nobody knows the Raiders as well as our next guest. She was the former CEO of the team. She's now a CBS Sports Network analyst. She's got an incredible podcast. It's called What the Football with Mm -hmm. Susie Schuster and Amy Trask. Amy Trask. Good enough to get up early with us. Amy, thank you so much for the time. How are you? I am well, and I want you two to know I will always get up at any hour of the day <laughs> to join you two. And by the way, it's already 6 o'clock. In my book, half the day is gone. So, let, you know, this is not too early for me. I love it. This is the high-achieving people, yeah. bro. If they get up early. Amy, every successful person I know now tells me they woke up of, wake up at 5 o'clock. I never did that my whole life till now. <laughs> Well, I've always done that my whole life. I love, love mornings, and I cannot wait till this weekend when we go back to having light mornings. And I know, I know that means it'll be dark at the end of the day earlier than it is, but I love early mornings. I'm your early morning California girl. Just write that down. (laughs) Wait, is this weekend daylight saving? It is, bro. I thought that ended, daylight saving. (laughs) I thought we were done with that. No, I think this is the last one. I don't know. We'll get EJ to look that up while we talk about the Raiders. With Amy and, you know, Amy, I think there's always when you have an iconic franchise like the Raiders and you worked for Al Davis and you've written uh, a book basically about how influential he was on you and your career, obviously. I mean, I know this might be impossible to answer, but if Al Davis was alive today, what would he think about the current state of his franchise? Well, I will just note quickly and then get into that when you say that he had an influence on my career. You know, you're, of course, absolutely right. The fact is. I wouldn't have the career I have but for him because when I joined the Raiders, which was the mid-80s, here's some breaking news for everyone. Hiring women, hiring, and what I was at the time, a pretty young girl, was not uh, the norm, and that's an understatement. So the fact that he was willing to hire a girl back then so many years ago is the reason I have the career that I do. You know, what would he think about this? 
two things aren't mutually exclusive. It may well have been the right thing to do to fire a coach in the middle of the season, and he would not have been shy about doing that if he believed it would be the right thing to do. But that doesn't mean there aren't some tremendous, tremendous challenges there. Um, if I did the math right, and there's always a big qualification that that's a big if, because I don't always do the math right, I think the team has gone through seven coaches in less than 13 years. And again, doing the math right, seven into 13 is less than every two years on average for a coach. And, you know, yes, people like to tease about the fact that Al went through a lot of coaches, and he did. I don't think he ever went through seven in 13 years. So, you know, they've got a lot to straighten out, but that does not mean it wasn't the right thing to do this. Amy, when you look at the problems the Raiders are having this year, what, it, what part of it is personnel and the job the GMs have done over the past several years compared to coaching? Uh, may I answer that, Your Honor? Yes and yes. <laughs> you know, again, it's not mutually exclusive to say that there were some bad personnel decisions. And I would say more recently than going back a few years, I think Mike Mayock um, did a better job than some people believe he did because of some of the constraints he was operating under um, than the current group did, or I shouldn't say current anymore because they're gone. But I would say, you know, it's not mutually exclusive to say it could be both coaching and personnel, and I believe it was. And, you know, we can start with, with the quarterback issue. That I, You know, I didn't understand the Garoppolo signing at the time, but they did it, and the team is where it is. Amy Trask is joining us. She's the former CEO of the Raiders, CBS Sports Network analyst, and also has a podcast called What the Football, which you should absolutely check out. You know, I'm curious because, you know, Amy, you're going to have more insight into, you know, the thinking of Mark Davis than Perloff and I are. You know, who does he turn to in these kind of times? Because I'm seeing that maybe Tom Brady is in the building. I know it hasn't been totally finalized that he's a part owner, but clearly there's a relationship. Like, who's he going to turn to now where you mentioned about, you know, the seven coaches uh, with interims, like he's looking for his fifth head coach now since 2011. Who, who does he take as counsel? Well, I will note that Tom is a partial owner of the Aces, yep. which uh, Mark Davis owns. So, yes, you're absolutely right, notwithstanding that things haven't moved forward with a potential purchase of an interest in the Raiders. There's absolutely a relationship there. Um and, and there's another connection as well. And I, I think your, your question is terrific, Maggie, as your questions always are, um, because he does have a lot of advisors. Now, many of his in-house advisors have changed of late. The people who were in-house that advised him um, when he was selecting Josh McDaniels, they're gone. But he's got a lot of outside advisors as well. And there's a connectivity with the Tom Brady advisor role in the following sense. One of his primary, primary advisors is Jim Gray. And, of course, Jim Gray has connectivity with Tom Brady. So that's a little, um, you know, I keep using the expression Venn diagram. And for those listeners who are young, 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 Google Venn diagram. We had to learn that when we learned math. <laughs> and I don't really understand how that helped me with the math, and that may be why my math isn't great, but Google Venn diagram. In any event, he does have outside advisors. Jim Gray, with whom I, um, you know, Jim Gray, who I just mentioned, has a connection with Tom Brady, is one of his very, very primary advisors. Um, there are others, Ron Wolf, Ken Herock, both of them have very strong football backgrounds. 
Um, Mike Ornstein is an advisor, so he does have advisors outside the building. And Jim Gray is responsible yeah. for more in sports than I think we can even understand. Wow. Yeah, the if, decision. If you want to know who's responsible, Mike Ornstein's yep. influence on football is huge as well. Amy, I have a solution for the Raiders. How about you add Caleb Williams to the mix? I know you're in <laughs> LA. Uh, they have three wins now, so it doesn't look like they're going to be really the top pick. But is the philosophy, hey, we're probably going to start over at quarterback next year? Uh, they're going to play the rookie the rest of the season, it appears. And, you know, look, there. let's put it this way. Football is week to week to week to week. They're going to play him this week. We don't know what will transpire after this week. But they're going to evaluate and see if they have someone there that's the right pick for them. If they don't, then yes, to use a Vegas analogy, wait for it, here it comes, all cards are on the table. You know, Amy... Fantastic. And this is why you got to listen to What the Football with Susie Schuster and Amy Trask. Fantastic stuff. But is there a certain type of personality that you need to coach the Raiders? Um, Antonio Pierce is now going to take over as the interim, and he came in with the nostalgia play. I grew up in Compton. I was there with NWA and kind of playing on some of the glory days of the Raiders, the the you know 80s and 90s glory days. But you know, we were talking about who could take over the Raiders. We're saying Jim Harbaugh and Deion Sanders and, you know, these big personalities. Do you have to have a certain personality type to be the head coach of this team? You know, I don't think that's the case anymore. Now, by the way, I love the NWA reference. I was just, when NWA burst upon the scene, I immediately became the, I call myself the biggest NWA fan. Uh, Cube was once asked on television, Who's the fan of NWA that sort of, like, you think it's the craziest thing that this person is such an NWA fan? And he named me. <laughs> so I love the NWA connection, and I, I just love everything about that. But I don't think it necessarily takes a particular personality type. I will tell you, the Harbaugh idea intrigues me. The Dion idea intrigues me. All of those are very, very intriguing. Um, you do need strong, strong leadership given the way the team is constituted now. Um, but, you know, look, let me quote Al. Just win, baby. <laughs> All right. Take us uh, through Halloween Eve. If, if I'm a kid and I come up on Amy Trask's house, what, what do we got here? What's going okay. on? Okay, so I'm out on the deck because I live on the canals, and, you know, people are walking to buy between the water and the front of our house. I have cat ears on. Now, when I was on the podcast, and you are very, very generous and gracious to mention it, as you did, Maggie. Thank you. I wore what I thought were cat ears on the podcast. Susie pointed out to me I was not wearing cat ears. They were devil ears. So I changed <laughs> them. Uh, you know, I said, okay, we'll go devil cat. But I changed them to cat ears when I got home. I drew on a little nose, like a little black you know, circle at the end of my nose. I drew on whiskers. I had a tail. I was wearing all black. So I was a cat. And I handed out candy. I think I love handing out the candy more than the kids who come over like getting the candy. <laughs> I am so not surprised by that fact. If I was a kid, I would go straight to your house, Amy. And you know what? You are always welcome to come straight to my house when you're out here. We still need our Maggie and Perloff with Amy as a guest at the beach. Absolutely. I know our, our, like, our beach show. Oh. Are you guys in production and business listening right now. We need Maggie and per Perloff do a West Coast trip. What hey, about 
I'm sure you guys will be on Radio Row at the Super Bowl. Vegas is not that far a drive from Los Angeles, so you should get out here first. But, Amy, I assume you have a lot of influence in Vegas, too. I don't know why I assume that, but I think I could throw your name around there, too. (laughs) I don't think I have much influence. I don't think I have any influence in Vegas. (laughs) L.A. on the beach, I'm your girl. I got you covered. Amy, can't tell you how much we appreciate you getting up early with us, even though you're up already. You said half the day is over. Thank you. Thank you for doing this again. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I will tell you, if you guys are ever hunting for someone on the West Coast at 5 a.m., I'm your girl. <laughs> we love it. Um, and anytime anything happens with the Raiders, the first person we think of is Amy. Thank you, Amy. Well, thank you. Appreciate that. Amy Trask, again, check out What the Football with Susie Schuster and Amy oh, Trask. Now I'm depressed. Why? Not because Amy's awesome. Yeah. There's nothing depressing about her. She totally lifts my spirit. I didn't know Daylight Taving was coming back. I, I thought know. we were done with it. I, I, it's already November. I, I thought we passed that off. It's the worst thing in the history of America. I do not like it. Well, two, no, that's not true. But. <laughs> <laughs> the worst things have happened, yes. But two things that I knew that you were not going to remember. One, Daylight Savings. And I... To be honest, I got surprised by it, too. I was like, oh, no. Isn't Daylight it usually savings. earlier? I... And then the other thing is remembering that the Chiefs are playing the Dolphins in Germany. It's that like, I oh, remember. That I remember. Because every every player involved has been complaining about how awful it is to fly 11 hours to Germany. I Okay, so they got rid of Daylight. This is the last one? Can you promise me that? EJ, were we able to ascertain whether this is the last Daylight Savings time or not? Or do we need a little more time? Uh, yeah, I, I, there are a couple of things I was working on there. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't believe this is the last daylight saving time, but I will uh, double check that. I think I think this got up to like the presidential level. So do we we fall back? I know fall back, spring yeah. forward. So what does that mean? Then game starts at nine thirty Eastern in Germany. What time is that going to feel like? Eight thirty or ten thirty? I feel like ten ten thirty, which is good for you. So we oh we gain it's good. Yes, this yeah. fall back fall is back. by far the best. Like only, you, no, I don't like it because it gets so dark well, so early. Let me rephrase that. It's yeah. best for sleep. Yes. It's not not good for you want to be out and have fun in the afternoon, evening time. It is also daylight savings time is awful when you have children. Yeah, it's the and worst. Young children, the worse it is. They have no idea what's going on, obviously. Kid has no sense of time. And it messes with their sleep schedule for it's at least terrible. a day or two. It's terrible. They should just stick with it. I Googled Daylight Saving, and the only headline I got, did Coldplay singer Chris Martin's ancestor invent Daylight Saving? So there you go. <laughs> I mean, all I see here is from Reuters from 2022, U.S. Senate approved bill to make Daylight Saving time permanent. Oh, right. So that it would be like we fall back, and then this is it. We so never spring no ahead. Spring, yeah, yeah, spring ahead is, is much worse. You're right. That's depressing. But this is this is okay. So I get another hour to prep for Chiefs Dolphins. <laughs> yes. What do you? Yes. To to make food. What do you make nachos at nine thirty in the morning? Well, no. It's a, obviously a German game. We're making brats. Yeah. We celebrate the international <laughs> yes. series as it should be done. Yeah. Soft pretzels. Uh, okay. Coming up tonight's game. You got Titans. You've got Steelers. What's at stake? We will tell you in just a moment. Don't move. Maggie and Perloff, CBS Sports Radio. Welcome back to Maggie and Perloff. Yes. We are giving a public service reminder. Fall back, change your clocks this weekend. I am going to write a letter to my congressman, and I hope they have time to focus on this. I'm over daylight saving forever and ever and well, ever. Well, our pal Nick in Texas is in the chat. YouTube.com slash CBS Sports Radio is where you can watch, or Twitch.tv slash CBS Sports Radio said the U.S. Senate passed a version of the bill, but it never voted on by the House of yep. Representatives with little to no progress made on the 2023 measure. Thank you, our 
uh, a congressional correspondent yeah. back in Texas. I'm getting a few tweets saying it's stuck in Congress. I mean, come on, Congress, that should be this is the number one, one priority. <laughs> this, is, yeah, right. this is the one thing we should all be able to agree on. I we know. We agree on nothing in this world. There's two things we agree on. Everybody hates the NCAA, and everyone hates daylight saving. That's true. Uh, that's all we got. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. So you got Thursday night game. That's pretty intriguing tonight. I, I think it's going to be ugly, though, because the Steelers, every <laughs> single game has been ugly. They That's how they want to play football. They want to hang around, hang around, and then beat you at the end with a Kenny Pickett drive. The question is, are they going to need to here? Are they going to maul this poor kid, Will Levis? Well, Levis is coming off the four-touchdown performance, and it wasn't just touchdowns. It was bomb after bomb after bomb. Yeah. He had three touchdowns over 50-plus yards, and some of the throws were, like, just jaw-dropping. This is going to be something different. And I don't know if he's going to fall totally back down to earth, but I am predicting that he's going to throw a pick in the first half. I think you're walking in, even if the Steelers are not – you know, necessarily clicking on offense because the offense has been totally stalled. There's no reason for this either. They actually have weapons, but they this offense is totally uninspiring. Yeah. The, the fans have wanted the offensive I mean, coordinator fired for a year and a half. That's the reason. And I think the defense is just going to be something that Levis, like this is a step up in weight class big time as opposed to playing the Falcons at home. This is going to be big to go into Pittsburgh to try to do the same thing to the Steelers. Well, few, what, few people make it out of that. One thing good. Levis can do is he can run. I mean, he started out his college career as purely a runner, which is funny because now he's throwing bombs everywhere. But last year at Kentucky, he only threw 19 touchdowns the whole season. College football, that breaks pretty much last in the entire FBS. So he's not known as a, a pure thrower. He's going to have to run for his life here against T.J. Watt. I think both teams, I mean, these teams are built out of the same cloth. They want to control the clock with the running game. That's why I kind of think this is going to be a borderline un unwatchable game. And I wow. don't even mean that as an insult. Like, <laughs> unwatchable? That es I, escalated quickly. I, yeah, I mean, look at the Jags-Steelers game. Did you try to watch that last week? It was 20 to 10 Jags. The Steelers are just really trying to want to take the air out of the ball. And I think, uh, you know, with Levis playing, I think the Titans will too. I'm predicting 17-13. I'm not telling you who's going to win, but 17-13. <laughs> 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. I like this from the chat. So we've been talking, we just got off the phone with Amy Trask, who joined us. If you missed any part of that, you can always download the Maggie and Perloff podcast wherever you get your podcast. And uh, Amy's a former CEO of the Raiders. We were talking about sort of what's next for Las Vegas now that they've fired Josh McDaniels. But Jeff Howell says this in the chat, do fired coaches get to keep their team apparel? And if they do, do they ever wear it? I think it probably depends on how bad the ending was. Like, if you're unceremoniously fired or you, res you have to you know, resign in scandal, then maybe you stay away yeah. from the apparel. I bet Josh McDaniels will wear Raiders stuff. I mean, that was kind of clean. Oh, I mean, Raiders stuff is great. Dan Patrick asks every coach, do you keep your old gear? That's his oh, first really? question. And they all say, oh, my gosh, I have a box of old <laughs> Chiefs gear or something sitting around. <laughs> they never know what to do with it. They've collected so much crap through the years. It is one of the perks of the job. Lots of free clothes. Yeah, I mean, listen, even if you got fired, a good pair of comfortable mesh shorts is a 
good pair of comfortable <laughs> mesh shorts. You got to wear it. And I, I agree with you. Raiders stuff is always cool, so, even if you got fired by them. So you think Josh McDaniels now spends the next six months like loafing around his house just oh. wearing all Raider crap? He's getting paid for four more years. Yeah, I think he, <laughs> you know, I, I don't think he hates the Raiders as much as we think he does. I just imagine coaches get kind of, you know, depressed after they get fired, right? Yeah. It's a big, major failure, even if you're getting paid. So you're just like, you know, eating ice cream out of the tub, you know, watching, you know, bad daytime TV, just like in a Raiders sweatshirt. Well, I actually, I, I don't know anything about the contract here in the offset. I feel like Josh McDaniels is already on a plane for Foxborough. Can he just rejoin them? I, he's I don't going. Know. I think he's going back there and again. They already played each other, so it's not like he can share secrets like with the game plan or anything. They, well, just Raiders already played the Patriots this year. I think he'll be welcomed back into the family, and who knows how long the family's going to stay there with Bill Belichick. But Bill O'Brien's the offensive coordinator now. O'Brien used to be his quarterback coach. He'd flip around. I'm telling you, Josh McDaniels, Bill O'Brien, Nick Casario, Dave Ziegler, Bill Belichick. They're all coming back for one last party next year, and they're going to have a new quarterback. And who's and McDaniel's can coach young quarterbacks? Maybe it happens. So this was an interesting one. Our pal Zach Gelb uh, was talking to Mike Florio, and we're talking about the future of the coaching situation in New England. So here was Florio on some rumors that are swirling about Bill Belichick. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. There's a theory out there that when the season ends, Josh Harris, the new owner, excuse me, of the commanders, is going to call the Patriots wow. and inquire about what it would take to, to get Bill Belichick. So the Patriots wouldn't fire him the Patriots would essentially trade him to Washington and avoid any further financial obligation, get something back. Remember, they had to give up some stuff to get him when he was the Jets head coach for like a day in 2000. And so there's a thought out there that that's how this is going to go. I like it. Thought out where? Get out of here. What? Washington's going to trade for Bill Belichick. I mean, a first-round pick? I bet that's what happened with the Jets and the Patriots. Is it Josh Harris about the process and building the future? Are they going to bring in 71-year-old Bill Belichick with a crap roster? Dude, I think that this is a smart move by Josh Harris. It is. Listen, you've lost every which way in Washington. You're trying to put a stamp on this. You want to be associated with winners. Why is Magic Johnson part of this ownership group? If not that you want to be associated with winners... Bring in Belichick, try to get things going in the right direction. You cannot bring in a Belichick disciple. That will fail. Nah. You need the real thing. I mean, Josh Harris and this tried to build the Sixers over a 10-year span. What's the lifespan of Bill Belichick in Washington? It's going to be like Vince Lombardi in Washington. I don't think, did he even get through a season there? He played one, this is classic coach at the end of their career, 
tries one more year on a new team and doesn't work. I think that would be a terrible idea because Washington's going to need five years. They, you know, they have to look at the process of building a champion. Bill Belichick's going to come in and with a team that can win right now. Washington just got rid of their two best players, arguably, or two of their best players, Amata yeah. Sweat. Why? Why would he take over that team? I don't get the fit timing wise. Okay, well, I think it brings some gravitas to this Washington organization that they have been lacking probably since Shanahan, Joe Gibbs, and even those guys didn't have awesome ten years when they were there. So you bring in that kind of gravitas, get your building going in the right direction, everything about it, and then if I'm the Patriots, hell yeah, give me a first round pick for Bill Belichick if they're looking to move on from him potentially anyway. The fact that I could get some draft compensation for it, pff, I love it. Belichick definitely I mean he would retire on the spot I'm assuming he's not going to Washington why not new ownership you're not you're not playing for Dan Snyder anymore you might be or f- working for Dan Snyder I mean Belichick can look at the roster he's not going to go three and 14 I mean he's got a hall of fame like who's got go. a better roster right now the commanders the Patriots the commanders yeah but the Patriots are also three and 14 I'm, <laughs> I'm saying, just like, saying it's an upgrade from what he, he can't has go right there now and say, uh, name a player that's going to be on the Washington they don't know who their quarterbacks they have Terry McLaurin that's about it. And they have Jonathan Allen. And, the, and Deron Payne. Yeah, I mean, this is a very thin roster. One of the thinnest in the league. So he's. I think he wants to get that record, but he's not going to go to Washington. This will be a disaster. You can't go to, from New England to a team with less talent. But there's one, I think there's one thing that could be attractive for him going to Washington. Maybe he wants to work with every brand of me. We talk about how offensively they've struggled in New England. They look stale. They look old. Uh, it's not something that it seems like Belichick knows how to get a handle of. He's bringing in Joe Judge and, and Matt yeah. Patricia and all these losers. Like Maybe he says, look, maybe the roster isn't great, but I saw what the enemy did with Andy Reid. That's like offense. I feel guy I feel comfortable handing the offense over to. I can really build up this defense. Okay. And maybe that's what he sees as something that could be attractive. I got a better plan. How about Josh Harris? He's out with Eric Bieniemy, and he turns the team over to Eric Bieniemy. Why are you going to even bring in Belichick here? To, to, obviously, I think Washington's offenses look great. Part yeah. because they torched the Eagles twice. I think Bieniemy's absolutely working there. The quarterback's getting hit a lot, but Sam Howell's numbers are as good as Patrick Mahomes this year. I think you just. I think you probably don't fire Ron Rivera midseason just out of respect for everything he's done. Yeah. Just pass the torch because I think Bienemy's passed the test so far this year in Washington. Yeah, but Bienemy for, you know, the success that he's had on offense, like Belichick's on a different level in terms of splash higher. Like Bienemy might be the might be a good idea. See, I don't know if Bienemy though is would he stick around? Like does he I mean, why not? I mean, yeah. look, I, yeah. I know the Bill Belichick tree hasn't necessarily been successful as a head coach, yeah. but they keep getting jobs. Like, it, it, there hasn't been a freeze on Bill Belichick assistants getting head coaching jobs. These guys continue yeah, to keep still getting get jobs. cycled through. So perhaps he may feel like, look, Bill Belichick putting my name out there, putting in out, uh, putting out a good word for me, could give me an opportunity somewhere. And because he doesn't have so much of the Patriot way stench that right, a lot right. of these guys have because he did it somewhere else and won a championship somewhere else, that may be the thing that gets him over the hump for the next head coaching job. That's possible. Uh, yeah, I, I just think the time, you're right, it'd be the big splash and the big offseason splash move fails 98% of the time. <laughs> so he'd be 72 by next year's draft and a total rebuild here. Why? I mean, this is a complete rebuild. I just don't see how the timing matches. I, I understand why Washington would want to do it, but I think it'd be short-sighted well, and not big picture. If you're looking at, you know, Doug Collins, uh, I'm just trying to think of other people Josh Harris have hired, right? Josh Harris obviously, you know, presided over the process, but hired big-time coaches, Doc Rivers, 
And again, like Doug Collins, it's not like they were all Brett Brown. He has wanted big-time coaches as part of his organizations. Mm. I mean, if Belichick's available, I get it. Yeah, he kept Brett Brown for a long time. That's because Brett Brown was okay with losing. The process, yeah, and I don't think... Honestly, Bill Belichick needs to go to a team if he's going to leave the Patriots that is close. Because he might not even... I don't know how many wins he has. We should check that. But he might not get five wins with that team next year. Because... Aren't they just starting over? I assume because they were sellers at the trade deadline. Unless they have a lot of free agent cap space that I don't know about. And maybe they can. But I know the Patriots have a m- millions and millions of dollars of cap space next year. They're going to get a top 10 pick, bring in a quarterback. Honestly, if I'm Bill Belichick, I'd rather stay in New England. I would not want to do Washington. 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4227. Do you like Belichick potentially getting traded to the commanders? Nice little nugget again from our pal Zach Gelb, who was talking to Mike Florio. Andrew Bogish is here, and I'm just continuing to name names, just pointing at people. Bogish, Gelb, Florio, Perloff, EJ, Billy. Yeah, Andy, Amy Bill, Trask. Billy. Amy Trask was here. Mentioned Jim Gray. That was unexpected. <laughs> Amy's the best. I, I'm so glad she mentioned that because I did not know that one of the major confidants of Mark Davis, the Vegas Raiders owner, was broadcaster Jim Gray. He might be the one influencing this next decision. Well, I would think then he's the one that connected Brady to Davis because I know he's tied with Brady as well. You'd be correct. Amy also said that's the Venn diagram there. That's how Brady got in with Mark Davis is because Jim Gray hosts a podcast with Brady and is good friends with Mark Davis. And all I got is people, Adi. Who can't even be here, by the way. Well, (laughs) goes without saying. So with his team season on the line, Zach Gallen no-hit the Rangers for six innings of Game 5 of the World Series last night, but the Diamondback offense could never take advantage. Bases loaded, no score, two outs. Here's the pitch. Breaking ball, it's hit weakly to short. Seager coming in, and the throw to first is in time. And if Aldi works his magic once again, he gets out of trouble. And the Diamondbacks do not score. Nathan Evaldi's six scoreless, despite four hits and five walks, he left nine D-backs on base. Gallon finally cracked in the seventh, allowing one run on three hits. He was great, but it was not enough. Selfishly, you want you want to do well, but I mean, I would have rather have given up thousand runs and we still won the game the rangers put the game away with four runs top nine they won game five five zip they take the series four one they went 11 for 11 on the road this the first title in team history Corey seager gets his second world series mvp joining sandy koufax bob gibson and reggie jackson as the only men in that club in the diamondback clubhouse only sadness, even for new guys like Tommy Pham. Emotions flying everywhere. So, um, you know, my phone's blowing up. Um, everyone's saying their goodbyes. And it's, it's, it's really tough. But we are forever grateful for sending the Phillies home. <laughs> One non-playoff note, Craig Council expected in New York today to begin interviewing for the Mets opening. He has already met with the Guardians, has an offer from the Brewers to remain in Milwaukee. You can't separate the bad from the good with Bob Knight. We remember it all the day after Knight passed away at 83 after fighting dementia. He was the all-time men's D1 wins leader when he left Texas Tech. His 1976 title team at Indiana remains the last undefeated champ, and his resume includes 
1984 gold medal. NBA last night, the Celtics scored 75 first-half points on the Pacers. The game already out of hand when they tacked on 46 fourth-quarter points, finishing with a 155-104 victory. Indiana head coach Rick Carlisle. Ugly, ugly game. Um, They played great, but... We allowed them to play as great as they played. The 155 points, the most the Celtics have scored since the 58-59 campaign. The Lakers were still in Minneapolis then. The current Lakers (laughs) fought off the Clippers 130-125 in overtime to end an 11-game losing streak in their head-to-head. The Warriors dropped the Kings 102-101 on a Clay Thompson hoop with two tenths left. The T-Wolves gave the Nuggets their first loss, 110-89. The Rockets got their first win, 128-119 over the Hornets. And the Cavs snapped their three-game skid, 95-89 at the Garden. Julius Randle scored just six points for the Knicks, missed 12 of 15 shots, and then freaked out EJ with this postgame. We got to try to fight it. Find a way to make the game a little bit easier for each other and help us uh, get in the rhythm, get easier baskets. Uh, we're just working too hard. Didn't they win in Cleveland the night before, EJ? Also, who is we? Who is we? He's the one that's struggling. He's the one that's shooting 27% from the field. You know, it's funny. When uh, when we all started this together, I failed to factor in that this is likely going to be a terrible year for Julius Randle and that EJ, we might slowly mm. just lose him throughout the season. <laughs> you just become untethered and just float away into your Knicks misery. Every other year, Randle, good year, bad year, good year, bad year. Last year, good year. This year, 27% from the field through five games, just saying. He's like a relief pitcher. Up yes. and down, up and down. <laughs> He's a lefty reliever. <laughs> Uh, He'll probably the, play on as many teams, too, by the time. <laughs> <laughs> the Buffalo Sabres were 5-2 winners in Philadelphia last night, and the Columbus Crew began their best-of-three first-round series with Atlanta United with a 2-0 win, both those goals from Cucho Hernandez. Back to you guys. Bogish, thank you so, so much. We really appreciate that update, every single part of it. Uh, let's get to our shot of the day. He shoots! And the shot of the day is brought to you by Casamigos Tequila. Casamigos Tequila is brought to you by those who drink it. People like me, here's what happened earlier. One thing to steal signs, there's another to get airline points. <laughs> so chilling at the Delta Club in a oh, central Michigan shirt and, sw- and pair of uh, sunglasses. I actually never, ever, I've been in a Delta Club once or twice. What is going on? I assume that there's just very fancy nuts in all of these <laughs> lounges. Like, I think that's like, a distinction between the regular airport and the Delta Club. Like nutty people? No, I think you have like, like the... Like cashews. Uh, yeah, no, those fancy almonds. What uh, are those called? The Jordan almonds? Jordan almonds. Uh, there's another macadamia nuts. You might Big have some nut macadamia guy. nuts. <laughs> I mean, that's what makes a uh, uh, airport lounge the, the best. The fact that... You, I got to be honest, in a post-COVID world, to be sticking your hand in a communal bowl of anything, (laughs) to me, that went out the window with COVID. Yes, that was us talking about the latest twist and turn in the Michigan scandal. I should have set that up a little bit better. Marcona Uh, almonds. They're they're almonds and they're white because the skin's already off them. They're amazing. And I just know that certain lounges, I don't know if Delta has it. You fly one of those internet Lufthansa, they got definitely Marcona <laughs> almonds. If you get macadamia nuts and you don't have to pay top dollar, I mean, just sit there all day. Diet Coke. Are these almonds? Like, why are they? Are they glazed with something? With, you know those fancy so Marcona almonds? You ever seen it? They're amazing. They're Spanish. I love that Perloff thinks that behind some sliding doors and like gate yeah. D is just waiting this just 
this almond heaven. Like that's all that this is. This is was about Connor Stallions. We we're joking that yeah. he's racking up all these points. Definitely because is. he's been traveling to spy on all these Big Ten teams for Michigan, presumably. And you just think of like this is the height of luxury is oh, sliding yeah. doors open at the airport. Perloff walks in and just people handing you free snacks. By Are you the way, kidding me? One year rate for uh, Delta Sky Club, six hundred ninety-five dollars. So they're sitting around in a room saying, "All right, uh, who's going to scout this Purdue game?" And Connor's like, "Okay, if I connect in Columbus and go to West <laughs> Lafayette through, that's this many <laughs> sky." Yeah. The, people think this is about you know stealing signs. No, this is about getting airline miles. I knew somebody. I'm not going to say who it is but you might know him who flew to Bangkok just because they needed to do a certain number of miles to reach a certain like platinum status. Yeah. Flew to Bangkok, Thailand, got off the plane, stayed in the airport, waited, flew back to Los Angeles. That's it. Didn't take a cab, a tuk tuk, anything, go get some Thai food. Didn't go sightsee, not one temple. Flew to Bangkok, sat in the airport for a few hours, flew home. Probably ate some macadamia nuts. (laughs) I I freaking hope so. I had freaking hope so to get to platinum status on some kind of airline. I get it. Uh, Man has priorities. Oh, my gosh. So sad. But one thing to to pick on you here for post-COVID, even before COVID, you thought those nuts were okay to go? He's out of the, even at a bar. You had to be pretty drunk to go into the nuts at a bar, especially a dive bar. The popcorn, people just putting oh. it in like your whole mouth and your hands and then back into the bowl. The beer probably kills all those germs, though. That's the thinking. <laughs> drunk thinking. I was going to say, yeah, some germs can't be killed that way. <laughs> especially Seven shots of Jim Beam will kill anything. Especially stuff you might be picking up at a dive bar. Uh, yeah, no, 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 that's called penicillin yes. afterwards. That's the next day, man. It's generally from the clientele. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. I kid, we love dive bars around here. Coming up, uh, we are remembering an icon and a legend in Bobby Knight. Uh, Steve Alford, one of his most famous mentees and players will join us next. Don't move. Well, that was Bobby Knight after winning the 1987 Men's National Championship, the NCAA Championship, and one of Coach Knight's most famous players and someone who has carried on the positive things that Coach Knight has stood for as he passed away last night at the age of 83. Steve Alford, the head coach of the Nevada Wolfpack, is good enough to join us now to reminisce about his former college coach, and much more than that. Coach, thank you so much for the time today. We're sorry for your loss. Thank you. I appreciate it. Can you tell us the first time you ever met Coach Knight? How old were you? Yeah, I went to his camp as a third grader. <laughs> I, I'm not sure if I met him before that. My dad was coaching at Martinsville High School, which was just 15 minutes up the road. So I might have met him, probably did meet him because dad took me to practices and games in Indiana and those uh, those things but um third grade I I started going to camp and I went to camp from third grade all the way through 12th grade I I, I still went to his camp even after committing to Indiana so um he was just somebody at a very early age I grew up in that era where he had just come to Indiana and within a year's time he's going to the final four and 
he just started changing everything in our state when it came to motion offense and man-to-man defense. And um, I was just a young boy at the time, and I just wanted to be around that. So did you not even consider other schools? Was it Indiana your whole life you knew? Oh, that's the only thing. Um, you know, growing up, I again, it's Indiana, so you're, you know, you there's blizzards, there's snowstorms. I was the first one to get on the driveway and get cleaned up and get the, get the net unfrozen and all all those workouts were one to try to be good enough to play for my dad in high school and uh, the second goal and dream was to be good enough to coach Knight you know thought I could play and you know that's the irony behind it all I was I was all six one a buck 45 50 <laughs> so uh, you know you appreciate the gamble that he took uh, but yeah once I'll never forget Dad pulling me from the lunchroom when uh, Coach called that uh, offer a scholarship, and Dad looked at me and he said, uh, "Hey, what do you want me to tell him?" <laughs> and I said, "I think you know that answer." And he goes, "Yeah, I'm holding." Steve Alford, good enough to join us here as we reminisce about the life of Bobby Knight, who passed away last night. Uh, Steve Alford coaching the Nevada Wolfpack, and you know the fact that you became a coach. Uh, Steve is is even a testament to your father, obviously, and then to Coach Knight. Why do you think that you know Coach Knight didn't seem like the easiest person to get along with, and that might be an understatement? What about your personality meshed with him so well? Well, I, I think the the thing I, I learned a lot under Dad was um, the ability to compete, uh, the ability to prepare myself. Um, trying to improve every day, having a, a self-discipline. I think uh, anybody that I, I changed my game for my freshman year where I averaged one point and got 69% at the line, I I really dove into that helped change my shot and change my workout regimen. And I, I think those things were all about Coach Knight because I think Coach Knight was at a whole different level, obviously, than mine. But – um, when I got to Indiana, I knew I was playing for a guy that nobody prepared a team any better. Nobody had more self-discipline and team discipline. Nobody, you know, worked harder to proving his team and players daily. Uh, he taught me and others the value of competing on every possession, no matter what drill it was. Um, and then ultimately, I, I thought Coach was the ultimate winner. And those are all traits that meant a great deal to me, and I knew that if I wanted to be successful, I, I didn't have the gifts of athleticism or size or strength, and uh, those were traits I needed to have. I saw some interviews last night where Coach Knight said that he would sometimes not pick on, but he would criticize the best players on the team to send a message to the rest of the team. Did you ever feel like he was kind of coming after you even when you were the star of the team, and did you know what he was trying to achieve by doing that? Oh, there's no question. Um, you know, I was kicked out of practice, I think, seven times um, in my Indiana career, and um, <laughs> and you know, I think some of them were, some of them were definitely warranted. Uh, and then there were, I think, things where you know I, I had getting a lot of attention and those type of things, and it was not only to send a message to me, but it was to send a message um, to my teammates that you know, hey. This might be the guy getting all the attention. This might be the guy that's doing this or that. But uh, he's no different than anybody. And I think uh, I learned so much under Coach about the value of team, um, what a teammate was about, uh, honestly going about things and, and how you compete. 
Um, and with Coach, you can never take things personal. Uh, you had to understand what he was saying. And when you understand what he was saying, uh, I think that's when you grew. And I had my greatest growth during that time. Um, and he really helped me, I think, move from one game to the next. And I think I had a fairly consistent career. Um, and a lot of that, the majority of that had to do with how Coach coached me. Coach, we only have about a minute left. Uh, sorry, but you know we hear this about the hard coaches, Belichick, Parcells. When you get them behind closed doors, they're different people. You know, there's a lighter side to them. Can you tell us maybe a story or a quick story or an anecdote about the lighter side of Bobby Knight? Yeah, I was very fortunate that when um, I was coaching at different spots that I've been able to coach at, and coaches always allow me to come into film rooms and. Um, I went to, when I was at New Mexico, I went to Texas Tech two or three times a year just to sit in film rooms. And I can remember as a player, that was the last thing you wanted to do was be in a dark film room with Coach. You knew that uh, it wasn't going to be pretty, so it was good to be on the other side and be in, a, in the coaching profession. But uh, I can remember one particular day in Lubbock, he just looked at me and he goes, you know, we can talk basketball and we can watch this film uh, right here. Um, or we can go shoot some birds and talk basketball then. And he loved to hunt. Um, I'll never forget, because I'm not a guy that uh, had any usage of any kind of gun at all uh, or any kind of hunting mentality. And I'm sitting on a 10-gallon bucket uh, inside a fence uh, talking basketball with Coach, and all of a sudden he just popped up and started shooting birds. Uh, <laughs> it, uh, uh, it's a different experience, but uh, just an incredible man um, and highly successful, but even more influential. Coach, we can't tell you how much we appreciate this. Again, we are so sorry for your loss and um, keeping you in our thoughts today. And thank you again for the time. Thank you so much. Coach Steve Alford from the Nevada Wolfpack, of course, was one of the legendary players for Coach Bobby Knight. Yeah, that's a great question at the end. You're right. There's You always hear different things about these coaches behind the scenes. The hunting stories are legendary with Bob Knight. You know what? Uh, I think of some of the lighter side, the jackets from the 70s. That's what stood out to me. Did you see the highlights last night? Those the plaid coats. Oh, nothing puts you at a time and place like a coach <laughs> wearing a plaid sport jacket. Yeah. And he just rocked it like nobody. Man. So, uh, yeah, that was Bobby Knight passed away at 83. Obviously, a very complicated uh, legacy and complicated person. But to, for a coach like Steve Alford, someone who had a profound impact on him, along with his father, who was also a basketball coach. Steve Alford, man, he could shoot. You don't I feel remember like he probably him. Oh, loved Steve him. Alford with the feathered hair. You leave him over from three at your own peril, Maggie. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you to EJ Stewart. Fantastic job today. Thank you to Billy Jockalone and also to people a little double duty to Andrew Kaplan, Andrew Bogish, to the Weedos and the coffee drinkers and the callers. Amy Trask joined us. Chris Walker joined us. And of course, Coach Steve Alford. 17 13 tonight, Maggie. You heard it first. Who wins? I can't tell you that. <laughs> Maggie and Perloff, see you tomorrow. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. 
Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.